Welcome to Engage for Success Radio and show number 499 in our weekly series. Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement and the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We are out there raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country, and our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups are developing research, publishing case studies, and shining a light on great practice. You can visit engageforsuccess.org to learn more. And while you're there, why not shine up for our weekly newsletter so you never miss out on any of our great free resources, events, and updates. And I'm Andy Gorham, your host for today's show and founder of BizJuicer, an employee engagement and culture development consultancy that helps companies create people change that sticks, retaining more of their great people and ensures fabulous brand experiences for their customers. Now then, are you one of those leaders who struggles to let go of the day-to-day tasks? Do you perhaps feel that it's quicker and simpler just to do things yourself rather than get your team to do it? Maybe you miss doing the things that you used to love doing when you were in their position. Maybe you think you do a better job. If you do see yourself doing those things, and you're not alone, by the way, you are putting your team's engagement, productivity, well-being and performance at risk. Not to mention the harm you're doing to yourself and your reputation too. Now, whether it's making the transition from manager to leader or just being an effective leader today, it is vital to recognize the signs that may point to you being a reliant leader. But what are the signs and what can you do to start and continue to transform into that new identity as a proper leader? Well, with me today to help us answer all of that is Joanna Howes who's the founder and CEO of The Change Creators. She's an award-winning international coach and behavioral expert, specializing in leadership and performance coaching, and is also a number one best-selling international co-author to boot. With over 20 years' experience working internationally with some of the world's awarded advertising agencies, she has led them to operational and leadership success by equipping them with the essential mindset, behaviors, and skills they need to lead the future successfully. So welcome to the show, Joe. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's great to have you here. Really great to have you here. I think this is a really interesting topic. It's something that certainly comes up in some of the leadership dev uh, stuff that I do. So I'm really very interested to get your insights on this and learn, and learn more about this concept of this reliance piece. But before we dig into all of that, just do a bit of a better job than I did to give us a little bit about your background. Tell us what you're focused on currently. Yeah, so my background is, I say I love leadership because I spent 20 years working in advertising agencies and about 15 years of those was as a leader. And I remember it was very much about getting a leadership position. You've got to climb the ladder, get higher, get higher. And then when I finally got that leadership position and then saw the people I was responsible for, it was like, oh, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I just thought I was getting a pay rise and a better job title. (laughs) I didn't realise this all happened. So it really then made me realize the importance of leadership and what it meant and how you've really got to understand human behavior and the lack of support there is for leaders in getting that knowledge. So about five years ago, I set up my own business called The Change Creators, Mm -hmm. really helped create the change we need in leadership and in organizations to help people come to work so they can be their true selves and leaders be the leader they want to be. Because I think we all sometimes have that fire in our belly, knowing there's more we can give and more we can do, but we can hold ourselves back sometimes. Mm. So I just want to help create that change so people can step into that identity and lead to create the impact they want to create. Wonderful. Great stuff. Something I 
I vote for, empathise with, and would love to see a lot more of. Um, okay, today's conversation. Let let's get back to some brass tacks. Let's let's slip into some basics and get comfy before we move any further. What do you mean by this thing, reliant leadership? How how can you define that for us? So it came about. I started talking about it about twelve months ago because I I coach leaders on a daily basis and work with teams. And I just started seeing this pattern of people not being able to let go. Mm. That leaders, I kept hearing, I just don't have enough time in my day, Joe. I'm in back-to-back meetings. I have to see everything. I'm overwhelmed. And I'm like, well, what's causing this? What's really at the root of this? And I came across, really, it's the people who've been promoted into these leadership positions haven't let go of their previous role. So I started to unpack like what's really going on. And it was actually a lot of fear of letting go of this role, you know, because in this role, you get validated. They'd been, you know, a high performer in that role. And this actual new role is actually maybe a bit scary. So what they'd actually created by staying in their old role, even with the new job title, created a team beneath them that became very reliant on them. So they were asking permission. Well, can I do this? Is it OK if I make this decision? Or these, the team were doing the work but the leader would come along and always have to see everything to sign it off and check everything or be the one presenting. So the the team started to rely too much on this leader. So the leader then can't lead the day-to-day because it can't function without them. And then we're caught up in this catch-22 of this reliant leadership. It really is that kind of awful cycle, isn't it, of Mm. not being able to do what you need to do, relying on things you used to do, and never being able to find the time in the day because there was something like, what, 1,440 minutes. That's all we've got every, every day to kind of get stuff done. And yet somewhere you've got to try and fit it all in. And I think no one ever really sits you down making that transition from managers to leader and says, oh, by the way, your role's now changing a wee bit. And these are the things you need to concentrate on. I mean, I'm sure we can all empathize with that stuff of not being able to let go because those are the things you've been doing right that's that's how you've got the reputation to be all moved to the next level right and there must be some danger that we face in in walking away from that sort of stuff but to be an effective leader you absolutely have to do that joe i'm interested to understand in the in the work that you've done and the amount of time you've spent on this you've given a few few reasons as to some of the, the background here but why do you think we still feel that way in you from your perspective why do you think letting go is such a almost a taboo or or mm. or a, or a behavior we we mustn't we mustn't do what's driving that what have you found a lot of the majority that i find is the fear of failure failure so mm. yeah and it's this not also taking on responsibility so people can sort of take responsibility for themselves but as a leader, you're suddenly responsibility for a whole team and how they perform. And it's like, well, Joe, if I allow my team to fail, okay, you're telling me they'll learn from that and they'll grow, but I'm also going to get it in the neck. It's going to make it look like I failed mm. and I don't want to be seen as a failure if my team have failed. And there's this real tension between letting go what you make failure mean to you versus being able to see the growth in that and recognizing and a lot of people don't even like the word failure or fear or making mistakes, that that's the use is so important to go through that journey to get to success. And a lovely leader shared with me recently that there's this thing called the museum of failure. 
Oh. We can see all the products that were created before the successful one. Brilliant. But unfortunately, we've got a lot of leaders that get promoted without reading through what a leader is and feel that everything needs to be perfect first time around. So they they micromanage and they get too involved because they they don't want that attachment to them. Yeah, there's, there's a... So I see fear of failure as a core. Yeah, I, I, I really get that. I relate to that. I think there's also, I guess, maybe akin to what you're saying, this pressure on instant results and this thing about short-term pain relief in i'll just get it done and i'll I'll micromanage the hell out of something to get it done in the way i I would do it myself versus the long-term development uh, aspirations of leaders to actually build muscle in the team so that i don't have to keep doing that and if you can get into that mindset right you're going to save yourself time in the long run right to be able to focus on the other things in the first place but we just don't see it, do we, when we're in the mess? We spend too much time in the day, in the short-term thinking, and not enough time in the long-term because of this kind of need to deliver all the time. But also, in the leader's previous role, there would have been a delivery aspect. Their mm. previous role was deliver, deliver, deliver. And they haven't been able to make that shift in their new identity now of empowering others to be able to deliver, maybe even more effective than they used to because we want to keep improving. But this letting go and also some of the things is they become reliant leader because they actually enjoy what they used to do and they're not actually ready to let go of what they I find this with creatives a lot. People come, you know, a creative because they like to come up with ideas all day. They're then made a creative director and told that they've now got to direct more than create. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. I'm not doing <laughs> what I enjoy anymore. So there's that tension in the, that change as well. And also as a leader, you don't get validated as much. Mm. So when you're delivering, delivering, oh, great job. Thank you. You got that out on time. But as a leader, it's your team now getting the praise and you've got to let go of that need to have your pat pat on the back. And if your team are doing well, that's where your fulfillment comes from. But it is a shift. And unfortunately, not enough companies are supporting that shift and just assuming that they know how to do it. Yeah, I mean, the the whole assumption behind people leadership is just a one big hot mess of stuff, isn't it? And just relating back to what you've said, and that leadership kind of paradigm shift, when everything goes well, it'll be the team that get the plaudits and the credit and your validation has perhaps in your own mind, gone. And yet, actually, when stuff hits the fan and things go wrong, you have to carry the can for that. And and again, that's quite a mindset change uh, and, and working through where you get your validation and what your role is completely changes. I mean, it's not fair to say that the higher up the ladder you go, the completely far or more, more far away you get from doing the things you love. But it's it's a fairly true, accurate right truism, right, with it, within that. You do get further away, but you've got to find yourself, if you want to be a leader and you want to take a team and build a team, you've got to refocus yourself, right, on on other things. And, and that's what I want to talk to you about. In, in your life as uh, somebody who helps businesses and coaches leaders to be more effective and better and l- less reliant, what what are the things you, you get them to think about? What are the things you get them to do to kind of release these these shackles that we associate with that that poor leadership behavior you've described? It's hard because it's interesting, like let's say we call it poor leadership behavior, but I think for a lot of it's a behavior we don't want to see, but for a lot of people, they're very unaware they're doing it. Yeah. Um, it's like when I do my trainings and I put the slide up of what is a reliant leader, you just see everyone's face go, 
oh my oh my word that's me <laughs> and that realization so the first thing is that self-awareness a lot of my role is about being a mirror for someone mm. for them to go that realization because as we know if you're not aware of something you can't change it no so educating that awareness first of all then i help people kind of look at what the consequences if this is so i actually had uh, breakfast with a CEO this morning who very openly shared that his first CEO job, he, he failed. Mm. And the reason he failed was he kept hold of everything and he wouldn't empower anyone. And then he realized he was burning out and it wasn't possible. So he then moved on from that job. It, it didn't work out. And that shift and the way he described it, we called it like a shift in power mm. where, you know, you get to the CEO title, you've got the power, you've got the job title, gives you the power and it gives you that influence. And then suddenly realizing in this position, you now, it's all about releasing the power to others. Yeah. And that's that shift. It's no longer you being powerful. It's the power you can give and seeing people grow. So I try and help people see that, that shift and what then they can do. And also the cost to them and their career if they don't. Because you get promoted, you're given a whole new set of objectives to achieve. But if you're still looking the wrong way where you were, you're not going to hit those objectives. So I don't know about you, Andy, but many a time when I was in agencies, I would hear, it's really strange. They used to be so good. They were one of us before. <laughs> What's happened? And suddenly, they, 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 because this adaption to the new role hasn't happened, these people then suddenly end up either losing their job or just not seen as a valuable contributor anymore because they haven't shifted. So I help people see what the risk is to them versus the risk of... You know, too many people say, oh, but there's too much risk if I'm not involved. Actually, let's look at the risk if you stay involved. You've got to see it from a different lens. That's such a great point. I mean, often that visualization of putting yourself in one of three, one of three roles, maybe. So at its base level, I would call it the operator, right? Properly stuck in the task. And then you get the manager, which is managing people to do the task. And then you've got the leader, which is setting direction, developing your people, constructing an environment where people can be their best, right? And it's so interesting when you get people to try and assess where they're the O, where they're the M, where they're the L, and how much time they spend in, in both. And, and like you, you do get the shocked faces, the hand-on-face hand moments where it's like, oh, crikey, I, <laughs> yeah. Okay, now I see it. You're 100% right seeing it. That whole transition from when you become a leader, you're not now responsible for the job. You're responsible for the people responsible for yeah. the job. That whole mindset change is huge. And, and yet, rarely do people get sat down to even begin to think about that and work that through and what the implications are. No. And another build on what you've just said, it's you're responsible now for how you choose to respond. Yeah. So if your team, you know, if a mistake happens in your team, you've got to hold by and go, how do I want to respond to this? What is the outcome I want from this situation? Because one lens, I could get really annoyed at them. Oh my God, I can't believe you've done this. Da, 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 da. But is that going to get you the outcome you want? Or is it outcome your team to learn from this to be able to own up to what's happened to see what they could do differently so how do you show up as a leader to encourage your team to be able to tell you that mistakes happened in the first place and show you come to you with a solution of how they're going to fix it versus you know 
your response is going to be everything. It's like the, the example I give, if someone goes into the back of your car, it's not your response, you know, that wasn't your fault someone went into the back of your car. You can either run out and scream and shout at them and go, you idiot, what have you done? Or you can run out and go, are you okay? Is everyone safe? Let's exchange numbers. Let's work this through. So that response as a leader, you may, it, whatever happened likely wasn't anything to do with you, but your response is everything to it. Yeah, we can bury our head as leaders and think maybe the things we say or the way we behave don't really have an impact on people when they go home. It, rubbish. It it absolutely yeah. does. The shadow that you cast with your behavior, you know, what what you say versus what you do versus what you prioritize versus what you measure, it's so, so, so important to be conscious of that stuff because that's yeah. what you that's what sets the scene. That's that's what sets the tone in the team. And you've got to construct an environment around the team that enables people to show up, be their best, be confident enough to challenge stuff, be allowed to get on. I know it sounds a bit trite, but allowed to make mistakes so that yeah. you can learn from it. Because otherwise the team, the team never fills its potential. The individuals within that team never fill their potential. And actually, I, I, the way I think about the, the the concept you're talking about is that you are setting some real limiting beliefs on the team through that behaviour, right? Oh yeah. And and how you can kind of adjust that mindset and let go. I mean, we've talked a lot about letting go a little bit today. I mean, I think that's the toughest thing for a lot of yeah. leadership people to do yeah. to to let go because, like you say, because of that fear stuff. Yeah, but the risk if they don't is high. It is, yeah. Yeah, I was talking to a lead, and I, I ran a big breakfast today. That's why I'm, I've got lots of leaders I've, I've spoken to very recently about this. <laughs> um, a, a conversation came up around, well, what's caused this? Like, is has it always been this bad? Because I have to admit, it's it's the most I've ever spoken about it in this year. I've really seen it become a problem. Okay. And it, the conversation started because, like, it's really interesting. I've got people coming up to me asking me, is it okay if I do this? Is it okay if I do that? And this leader turned around. And I said, well, I'm really curious first, why do you feel you need to ask me mm. if it's okay you do that? Mm. Like, what's what's missing in our culture then for you not to think you can? And what he realized is with the pandemic, where the senior leadership team and a lot of the leaders resonated with this, went into went into the business, went into survival mode, right? We, they went down probably a level to look after all their team. Mm. You know, a lot of leaders took like, a lot of pay cuts to make the business work. Mm. So they almost created this kind of adult-child relationship through the mm. pandemic. Mm. Is we've got you, we're here, we're more present, you see us more, we went into survival mode. And has that had an impact coming out where people still feel this adult-child relationship a bit, asking more questions? And a clue is if people are asking you more questions, if they can do something, there is definitely a fear of failure in your culture or they don't feel that they can make a mistake. And I just yeah. thought that was another interesting lens on it. I, 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 it's fascinating because this comes up a lot in conversations I've had about this transition out of the pandemic, which clearly heightened the amount of care, false or genuine, which, whichever it was, there was a real focus on individuals in, in good in good places, trying to make sure everybody had what they needed and was and was looked after, and and then coming out of that, businesses need leaders, not parents right with their with their with their people and it's still a conversation that that goes on today there there is almost this ruinous empathy piece that's been left behind which is misplaced 
Yeah. And it, it isn't about, I mean, I made massive mistakes in my leadership history of, of trying to be everybody's dad or, or friend and make sure they're okay, including not challenging them enough because I didn't want to hurt their feelings and all those kind of good things. Well, not good at all, bad things. And I think we're still left with a bit of that legacy. I think that relates to what exactly what you're talking about here. Um, yeah. And again, what's fascinating in the in the work that I get to do, which I guess is very similar to, to, to you, yeah. is that people are never really afforded the time to reflect on their behavior yeah. and think about the impact on the team and the impact on, on themselves. And they're slowly drifting away from perhaps the vision of leadership that they once had or would like to be because they just got caught up in the do. And then you get into that almost self-fulfilling prophecy of behaving in that way, right? Mm -hmm. So are, are there particular things that you do to to shake them out of that, <laughs> Joe? And, and, <laughs> and in that frame, what, what do you think the implications for us are going forwards? What, what have we got to try and get to grips with? In terms of how I try and shape people out of it, I try and paint the picture of what their career will look like if they carry on being a client leader. But also a lot of people become leaders because they want to help others. Yeah. So I also then do that reframe to be like, if you're going to carry on as you are, do you really truly believe you're helping your team? Because actually what you're doing is you're taking away growth opportunities from them every single day. So it can be quite a confronting, hard-hitting message, which some people need to hear. Um, I also try and find out from the leaders and to listeners to get this awareness for themselves. You know, some people are motivated by reward and, and some people are motivated through pain. So I also trying to dust what's going to get some to shift their behavior. It's the reward that, right, you're now going to even get a bigger job and it's going to be amazing and your team are going to be empowered. Or is it the pain of the impact you're going to have on the people and actually your career is going to go nowhere that's going to motivate you? So finding out what motivates someone to want to make that change, because we we will only change our behavior if it's a really core motivator for us. We can like the idea of, oh, yeah, I'm a reliant leader. I like the idea of changing, but you won't if we haven't found that thing that's going to do it. Self-awareness is, as I said, is absolutely huge. Um, and just connecting back to the purpose. Why did you become a leader? Mm. Why? Mm. And I'm sure actually your behavior right now isn't connected to your purpose. And if you connect back to your purpose, what are the behaviors you would demonstrate? And then also getting leaders to really recognize is what is the leader you want to be? And get them to really write down that leader they want to be and then go, well, where are you today? So what needs to shift to become that person you want to be? I, so yeah, self-awareness, mind management. Yeah. I definitely subscribe to all those things. I mean, I, just picking up on a couple of things that you said. I mean, I think the whole pain pleasure piece <laughs> I mean, that, then if you can visualize it like that, it then becomes a choice, doesn't it? A conscious choice. I'm going to pick the pain or I'm going to pick the pleasure. I mean, depending on your own um, preferences, you've got a choice to make that right. Yeah. And I think the thing about helping others is often overlooked because there we have, I think, this innate desire in most humans, unless you're in that tiny little percentage of psychos that are out there. I think we are drawn to people who need help. We are we are drawn to follow them. We are draw, drawn to their their quest, if you like. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're one of those leaders who is constantly kind of second guessing or micromanaging or doing everything, don't be surprised mm -hmm. if people don't come with you because they can't pick up on the pheromones that say you need help. And yeah. I, I I think that's a classic sort of mismatch of a leadership opinion that I've got to be totally in control. It's all on me. 
Oh, but I've got all the answers. Follow me. And that's when people struggle. And on the other side, if, if you're that kind of person that, you look, I've got an idea. I've got a direction I want us to go in. I, I don't have all the answers on how to get there. I really need you. It's an entirely different environment that you that you create, right? Completely, because then you're building trust. You know, human beings want to be able to contribute. They want to grow. They want to feel significant. You know, they want that certainty that they're valued and that they want that variety to be involved in things. And as a leader, you can give all of those things to your team and see them grow. But if you're a reliant leader, you're taking that all away. And what you'll do is you'll just build a team of people that enjoy being in their comfort zone, a team of people with a fixed mindset. And you'll just wonder why your team, you've got the same problems year, year on, year out, and nothing's changing. And then you'll see other teams of leaders around you growing and you're not. Mm. And you'll be frustrated because you're working so hard. You're doing all the hours you're working and you just don't know why it's not shifting. But the one thing that needs to shift is yourself. It's and so often the, the case. hardest thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so often the case, Joe, isn't it? And yeah. it's the time we afford ourselves the least to sort of really focus in on. Um, yeah. But for me, it's always time very well spent. Yeah. Is there... Is there anything that you think, I don't know, if we had a, a a concentrated episode today, right? We had just two minutes to talk about this topic and you had to leave them with some really clear advice on actually how to shake yourself out, how to kind of get that mindset, how to visualize that, that leadership and then go and do something about it. What would you say to people if you literally had just those two minutes? What do you say to people if you put in that sort of situation? God, I'd normally give them more than two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I would say, if I've only got two minutes, number one, read the Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, to Brilliant. really understand if you're in a fixed or growth mindset, get that self-awareness. Um, and next thing, if you look at your diary and you are in back-to-back meetings, you are definitely a reliant leader. And if you've got your team coming up to you asking you for permission to do things, you're a reliant leader. So the first thing is accepting that's where you are to then realize you've got a choice to work out what's the best way to get help. Is that getting a coach, a mentor, talking to your manager, or just reading a lot of books about this to understand what the shifts you can make? But you've got to educate yourself then is what is the change I need to make and take responsibility for self-leadership. And self-leadership is self-awareness, self-reflection, and self-regulation. And that's where you need to start for you to be able to lead other people. That's brilliant, especially the regulation bit, right? That is brilliant. That that is brilliant. The regulation (laughs) bit is missed so often. And I'm a massive fan of the Carol Dweck work. I think the whole power of yet is really one of the major tenets people need to get their head around if they really want to transform their leadership and really start to build powerful, empowered teams. Just literally thinking about... I mean, I think this plays exactly to what you were talking about right at the start of today of somebody who's just in the do doing all the task. You know, that's the tyranny of now. I must get it all done now. But the the power of yet is creating an environment where people can learn and adapt and develop and grow stronger. And, and that's that's a crucial piece, I think, people to go and have a look at. Fantastic flag from you there for a bit of, mm-hmm. bit of Carol Dweck. Um, if you were to leave me with one lasting thought after this chat today, Joe, uh, for a future that has far less reliant leaders and far more confident, vulnerable uh, coaches, I guess, in leadership positions, what would you what would you say? What if we could have that? Yeah. 
Yeah, if we could have that, just think the impact that will just have. If you're a leader, just think of how you're even going to go home to your partner. And if you have family, your whole life will change if you can let go and be a confident, back yourself, self-believing leader. Um, Your whole life will just relax. Also, you're just going to get so much more fulfillment in your role. You're going to have a company of innovators. You're going to have a company of people that can come to work being their true selves. And you can really go, I helped create that. I really had a positive impact on people, on my family, because I got to show up as the person I really wanted to be. Well, what a brilliant thought to end on. That is marvellous. Joe, that is unfortunately about all the time we have today. I mean, that's ridiculous how quickly 30 minutes goes. Listen, everybody, um, don't forget to visit engagesuccess.org to check out the show notes and all our fab free engagement resources where you can also download or stream any of the great shows from our archive completely at your leisure. Joe, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, stories, experiences, advice, and the two-minute stuff was 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 brilliant. Um, I'm sure loads of people are going to take a lot from that conversation. Thank you ever so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Okay, everyone, we'll be back again at the same time next week for our 500th show. I'm Eddie Gorham, and thanks for listening to Engage for Success Radio.